0: You're listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn, where you'll find uplifting and practical advice for everyday living, creative inspiration for do-it-yourself projects, and recommendations for books and resources that will encourage you to embrace your life repurposed. I'm your host, Michelle Rayburn. Welcome, Life Repurposed friends. I'm so glad to have you with me today. I'm going to be talking about how to increase self-control and emotional maturity, And I want to give a disclaimer right up front here. I'm not talking about these because I have it all together. This is a, hey, let's work on this together kind of an episode. Self-control and emotional maturity are something that we're always working on in life. And so if we can continue to learn how to interact with other people, how to control our own emotions, it's always helpful in how we get along with others. So we're going to be talking about that. I'll be giving some resources at the end of the program, so if you want to know where to find those, you just go to michelleraeburn.com slash 78 and you'll find the show notes. That's also a blog post that you can share with friends if you have some friends who maybe aren't as into listening to a podcast as you are, so that's there as a resource for you. I was recently watching my granddaughter as her mommy and daddy were playing with her, And I observed how quickly her face could change from a totally lit up smile combined with a belly laugh or a giggle to switching to a pout and a whimper and sometimes a full on scream. It took literally seconds for her to react and change from happy to sad sometimes. So as long as they were bouncing or moving or pulling funny faces or doing anything that would keep her entertained, she was happy. But as soon as they turned away, talked to somebody else, or if the tone in the room even turned to... Is something that sounded like the adults were getting into more of a heavy discussion. You could see that it would also change the look on her face. Babies have immature emotions and they are naturally affected by what goes on in the room. If the adults sound happy, they play happily on the floor. If our tone turns serious, they reflect that tone. And because they're emotionally immature, they're highly sensitive to being reactive. Now, my granddaughter doesn't have the ability to ration through things or reason things out. She doesn't talk herself into a different state of mind. It's all reactionary. As long as one of the adults offers a toy, makes the funny noise, sings the song, tickles her tummy, she stays happy and she can be easily diverted. Have you ever stopped to notice how often adults still react as if they have the emotional control of a five-month-old baby? I say we, but I mean me, so I'm with you here. So as we observe, this isn't about us looking at other people and talking about they. Let's look at ourselves and and ask how quickly do we flip into drama mode? I'm going to give you some examples here. Some things that are examples of how we might change very quickly from being content to being upset about something. For example, I might be triggered by something on social media and I tap out an angry or insulting reply. I might be suddenly crying because someone frustrates me. Raising my hand here, that's me. Socially overwhelmed, and I might withdraw or lash out. We could be overcome by someone else's drama, and we make it worse by joining in the drama. Fight or flight takes over with any hint of vulnerability, like someone just presses one little button and it's there. Feeling unsafe about someone else's tone and then fighting back. While some of this is rooted in past emotional pain that could require the help of a therapist, I think some of it is just because we choose to be emotionally immature. I'm not saying that all of us have full control of every reaction we have because sometimes it is triggered by something from the past. But I do want us to look at like how often are we allowing ourselves to be triggered We're basing it on an excuse, and maybe we moved past it long ago, but it's really comfortable to have an excuse. So let's talk about how we can get in a better place. Let's walk through a couple of simple steps that can help us with this whole process of managing our emotions. One, name and recognize feelings. I struggle with this more than I once thought, I used to think I was very in control of my emotions. I actually am very self-aware and can can identify that there's something wrong. I can identify when I'm letting something come out of my mouth that I shouldn't. But when someone says, what are you feeling right now? I'm not always able to answer that well. You can give me a list of emotions and I might not be able to pick the one off of there. So one of the things that we can work on is being able to name and recognize our feelings and our emotions and knowing How I'm responding? How do I really feel about this? Am I angry? Am I sad? Am I happy? Am I discouraged? Am I jealous? All the possible things that we could react with. So naming and recognizing feelings. Number two, practice being other-centered. It's natural to talk about ourselves, like to go on and on about ourselves. It really is. When someone asks about something, we might give a long answer, I might have a friend ask me, how are you doing? And I launch into a really long explanation of all the things that have been going on in my life. And that friend might ask me to tell her more. And then I tell her more. And pretty soon, a long amount of time has gone by. And I realize we've only talked about me. What if I spent a whole phone call with a friend talking only about me? And what if I missed something in her voice that sounded as if she were about to cry? I mean, this can happen in person, too. We might be looking across the table at somebody and not notice. Oftentimes in conversations, I try to be aware of when I've become focused about my own needs or my own excitement or something like that. And I try to think of a way to volley the conversation. It's like tossing a ball back and forth where I ask a question to learn how the other person is doing. Now, oftentimes an insecure person or sometimes just somebody who's super generous about how they focus on other people, they might immediately try to turn it back to the other person. They might turn it back to me and say, oh, but that's enough about me. I press a little bit and I, I work on getting that other person to talk more so that it's a two-sided conversation. I want to walk away from every conversation knowing how that other person is doing and not just being supported in my own needs. Number three, exercise a pause exercise because it takes practice. I have to do it often. When scrolling social media, I sometimes want to post right away. What I will do is type a reply in my notes app on my computer or my phone and I let it sit there a little bit. I've put the pause on responding immediately because oftentimes emotions are high and I've already said I'm not very good at identifying those. So my tone might not come through. If I don't know what I'm feeling, The tone I put out there is not going to be clear either because I don't even know how I feel. So I will often type something in the notes and just leave it. And when I'm ready to paste, copy and paste and post it, I can do that. But I also sometimes edit and sometimes I just totally delete it. Sometimes I decide this is not something I need to say. So practicing that pause allows me to have that time to look at my tone, to think about it. I do this with emails and letters too. Sometimes I will put the email in my drafts and I don't send it right away. I want to think about it. Even if it's constructive and it's not a negative thing, I want to think about it. Number four, learn how my past affects my reactions. This might mean seeing a counselor. It might mean journaling about it. I'm not a big journaler, but a lot of people are where they really like to write out their feelings. Or it could just be like, voice journaling. It could be writing it on a piece of paper that you plan to throw away. But sometimes it means looking at like, is my past affecting how I'm reacting right now? And then based on that, you would know, do I need to seek professional help? Do I need to talk to somebody else who will help me to figure out how to react in a different way? I can also learn something about myself and discover what some of my triggers are that way, and maybe I can work through it without a professional helping me. So either way, we need to take the path that works best for us. My perfectionism makes me put undue burdens on others sometimes, and I might react when somebody doesn't meet my standards, and that makes me impatient, but because I'm aware of it, I'm practicing asking myself a few questions. And this slows me down a little bit on my response. Not always with my husband. He would say, you let me know right away when (laughs) I didn't do something the way you wanted it done. But I'm practicing. So one of the questions I might ask, does it matter that much if someone else does something my way? I mean, if I give somebody a task to do and they don't do it exactly the same, but the outcome ends up being just fine, I don't need to be critical? And that's another question. Am I being overly critical? Am I nitpicking every single little detail instead of looking at the big picture? I can ask myself, is this reaction necessary? Is this reaction helping? And so I can definitely see where perfectionism comes in there. For somebody else, it might be a different past experience that affects reactions. It might be a hot button thing that immediately leads to a reaction. So you all have to develop your own questions. I can't, I don't know what those questions would be for you of what you need to ask yourself, but you can have a list of questions that you can run through, like, how am I reacting and is my past affecting this? Let's look at number five. Notice when I act like a victim. If I quickly react and blame someone else, I don't take control of my own actions. It's ignoring my own responsibility. And so this is something where, yes, we've all experienced hardship and we've all actually been victims of various things. Some have experienced humongous things, but the important thing is for us to know, am I acting like a victim or am I taking responsibility? So if somebody gives me some kind of feedback Am I responding in a way that immediately goes to that victim mentality? Being a victim is sort of like a crying baby, and I'm not saying that in a way of trying to put down or bash anybody, but it will gain a lot of attention and even perhaps power. Think about it. When a baby cries, everybody in the room wants to make sure that baby stops crying. Everybody turns, stops their conversation, focuses on that crying baby. We want to meet that need. When I react in a victim way, it gets focus, it makes people feel compassion, but is that a healthy way of getting attention? That's a self-awareness to have when it comes to emotional maturity is, am I looking for negative ways to gain attention instead of looking for positive ways? The last one is number six. This one is delay defensiveness. Emotionally mature people know their strengths and they know their weaknesses and they don't see constructive criticism as an attack. I personally don't love criticism. It tells me, it goes back to that perfectionist thing, it tells me I didn't do it the best I could. Well, maybe I did do it the best I could, but I didn't do it good enough is what it says to me. And so that tells me I didn't do it perfect. And so I often react. And this is an area where God is stretching me to receive criticism better, especially when it can help me learn and grow. This is also part of that battle with perfectionism then and being able to say, okay, so I didn't do it perfect after all. There was something I could have tweaked or improved. And then letting go and saying, you know, that's okay. This is learning experience. I can do it better the next time. And so responding and thanking somebody for their feedback is a practice that I'm working on. If you catch yourself being defensive, you might also look for a way of like, how can I receive this? Even if that initial, you feel your blood pressure go up, you might feel your face flush, you're like, oh, I didn't do this the way I thought I had, and somebody has feedback for me. Just practicing that physical reaction and being okay with it, and knowing that, all right, I'm going to receive this, take a deep breath, and then figure out what I can do to make this better. Okay, so I want to ask you, which of these will you practice this week? There's more. These are just six that I put together. But will you work on naming and recognizing your feelings? Will it be practicing being other-centered? Exercising a pause before you say the thing? Learning how your past affects your reactions? Will it be noticing when you act like a victim? Or will it be delaying defensiveness and taking some time to receive criticism? What technique will you use to redirect your attention to something better when you're triggered? I encourage you to figure out one thing that you can do that would be a new action that would help you to grow towards more emotional maturity and more self-awareness. Let's look at some resources. I have a couple of resources to recommend today if you'd like to explore the idea of emotional maturity more. And these are ones that I have mentioned quite a while ago on the show, and I want to bring them up again because I did find both of them helpful as I read them. They're the kind that you would pick up and perhaps read again and refer back to. But before I get to those, I wondered, would you like to buy me a coffee? I'm serious. In the show notes, you'll find a brand new link where you can support the Life Repurpose show. If you've enjoyed the content and you'd like to contribute a really small amount to support my work, I'd be honored if you would use that link. There are several options there. You can do a one-time contribution just to say thanks, and it's enough to buy a cup of my favorite iced mocha with dark chocolate. Or there's some other options. One is a coaching call. For your donation to my work, you get to have a one-hour phone call with me where we could talk about your publishing journey. Perhaps you're an aspiring independent author who wants to know how to self-publish your own book, and I would be happy to have that coaching call with you where we talk through some of the different options that you have. The other thing is more of a life coaching call where we can talk about the topics that have been featured on the Life Repurpose podcast. My goal with those is always to help you come up with a next step, something that you can apply to your own life and something that you can work on. The last one that's on there is a monthly membership. This is brand new. This is something that is just in the launching phases and has not started yet, but it's on the way. Members get to access a monthly group coaching call where we will cover personal growth topics. So it's sort of like the coaching call I mentioned, but in a group setting. So a couple of people get on a Zoom call, we talk about a topic, we hear what's going on in your life, and we have a mastermind to really work on those next steps in personal growth. If you're interested in any of those, you'll find the link in the show notes at michellerayburncom slash seventy eight. But if you want to go straight to Buy Me a Coffee, you'll find that link at buymeacoffee.com slash Michelle Rayburn. So that's a little bit of a plug for you. I've been doing the show for a couple of years now, and this is something that is an investment of time. And so I would love to hear back from people who appreciate the content and know that it's done something in your life. Okay, so some resources for you. I promised we would have some. In the show notes, you will also find a link to the book Emotional Intelligence 2.0 by Travis Bradbury. This one talks about a step-by-step program for increasing your EQ, which is your emotional intelligence quotient. And there are four EQ skills that help you to understand your fullest potential. Those are self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, and relationship management. There's also a code in the book I bought, and I think it still comes in the books, for you to go online and take an emotional intelligence assessment, and it will help you identify the areas where you need to do some work. The other one is a book by Peter Scazzaro. It's called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. In this one, Peter Scazzaro outlines a roadmap for discipleship with Jesus that is powerfully transformative. He unveils what's wrong with our current definition of spiritual growth and offers not only a model of spirituality that actually works, but he gives seven steps that will help you to experience authentic faith and hunger for God. Now, worked in with this, he also talks a lot about our emotional intelligence. He talks about being aware of of how things like the past affect our present decisions and being aware of where we're doing damage in relationships. So he really ties that in well with spiritual growth and emotional growth. Those two resources are there in the show notes, and you will find links to other books as I post them in new episodes. I also like to sometimes put up quick posts on the blog about a book review, so you can always find resources by looking in the show notes. I just want to let you know that coming up really soon, we have Daniel Darling coming on to talk about how we can use our words in a positive way online. And so when he comes on for that episode this month, I think that's going to be another continuation of this discussion about how we can be less reactionary and how we can be more self-aware. So I really want you to tune in for that one because Daniel has a lot of words of wisdom to offer and it's going to be a fun chat with him. So I want to thank you for being here today. I want to encourage you to come back next week where we have a brand new episode on Life Repurposed. You've been listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn. Check out tips, resources, and inspiration at michellerayburn.com. I'd love it if you would subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. I'd also love it if you would like, review, and share the information about this podcast with your friends. Thank you so much for listening.